to shine the light on. Today, we're continuing our How I Got Here series with my friend and Opal CTO, Story Deweese. Welcome, Story. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Thank you for being here, friend. To start, as always, can you give us all a brief introduction to who you are and what you're up to currently? Yes. So I'm CTO of Opal and also a technical marketing engineer over at Cisco. So I'm working on a lot of different projects right now. Um, But I'll just start off by talking, I guess, a little bit about my role as TME at Cisco. So I'm working on some projects, and basically the idea is to get feedback on the different products that we're working on. So here I'm like sending out hardware to different customers and telling them kind of how to use this to try it out before it actually goes live and people can actually start buying this. So the idea is they can try it out in their own lab, in their own environment, and then give some feedback on what works, what doesn't work, and then we can we can go from there. So I'm helping and supporting these, these customers along the way. On the, the Opal side, I'm working on um, the web application as a whole. So the development and what I'm mostly passionate about is the backend side, so the cloud development and writing Python functions, working with cloud databases. So an example of one thing that I'm working on these days is um, the Google CAPTCHA. So whenever you're going in and creating an account, verifying that you're actually a human. So this is just one example of, of what I'm working on over at Opal. And a disclaimer here is we may have another episode about Story's experience as a CTO, but today going to be very focused on her technical marketing engineer role, or TME, is what we will say moving forward since it's a lengthy title. Story, you, you dived in a little bit into what you do at Cisco, but tell us more about what a technical marketing engineer does. What sort of people do you interact with day to day? Oh, yeah, great question. So for the role of TME, first of all, I just want to break it down because I think technical marketing engineer, these are three words that just don't really relate to each other at all. At least when I first heard about this role, they didn't make any sense to me. It sounded like a bunch of random words just thrown together. So um, from my experience, technical means essentially learning the language, learning the, the lingo. So that could be a whole lot of acronyms. I know when I first joined, I felt pretty lost in the acronym SOUP. I wasn't really sure if things were talking about maybe like an industry standard or if it was specific to my company or even just like my team had a certain word or called things in a certain way. So the technical part is being able to both like read, write, (laughs) talk, even the language itself. And then on the marketing side, that's more about taking the technical content or topics and actually making it easy to understand for other people, specifically folks who may not be looking at it all day, every day like you are. So I like to think of this as like looking at a figure skater or something. Every time I'm watching the Olympics, I'm like, okay, cool. I could totally do that. Right. (laughs) But um, it's only because all of the athletes are really good at what they do and they make it look super simple. So that's the the marketing piece is picking out, you know, the, the parts that make it look and feel easy for others. And finally, on the engineering side. So I think that engineering as a whole is all about being a creative problem solver and not being afraid to sort of get your hands dirty or try things out on your own. So that's a lot of what I get to do as a TME. And that's a bit about like the, the role itself. Thank you for that breakdown, friend. Just adding to that, what sort of users are you interacting with? Are these like 
just commoners <laughs> on the street or businesses or who are you who are you reaching out to? Oh yeah, this is a good question. Going back to like, who am I actually working with? So outside of uh, Cisco, I'm working with a lot of folks. They're typically network engineers or the people in maybe IT who are working to make sure that everyone at their company or in their group, in their organization has access to the internet. So that's primarily where I'm focused is these folks who are trying to make sure they're either school campus or maybe they're large company or even government organization gets internet access and everything stays up and working because being connected to the internet is very important, as we all know. Because you interact with end users, is this a sales role at all? Would you consider it? I would not consider it sales because I'm not trying to get people to buy things. We also have account managers at Cisco. They're often um, the sales engineers or sales architects. And so basically these are the folks who are directly working with and talking to customers daily. So if a customer had a question, they would go to their point of contact, who is this person in sales. And if the salesperson doesn't really know what they're talking about or doesn't have exposure to it, then they'll reach out to a TME. And those are typically considered subject matter experts in whatever topic or domain that they're working in. So I'm slowly working on becoming an expert, an expert in the making, if you will. I'm sure you're close, if not already there. So that makes sense. It sounds like sales and other teams take care of sort of like closing deals, getting users to at least check out these products. And then when there are are very technical questions or anything that has to do with how the product works or if something's going wrong, they reach out to TME specifically. Is this true? Yep, that's exactly it. You've got it. Perfect. Going back to your description of the role, of course, there's a lot going on in the title alone. It's not super intuitive what that role might include specifically, just because marketing and engineering are such broad terms. They're usually like their own whole departments or sections of a company. I'm curious, do you feel like it's critical to have both an engineering and a marketing background for this role? Or what did you know before you started the role versus what did you learn on the job? So I studied computer science and engineering in school. So that definitely gave me more of an engineering background, at least learning a little bit about computers and how they work to some degree. Um, I didn't ever have any like official marketing training or background. So everything that I learned or knew about marketing, Mariah, I learned that from you. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Um, But in terms of what did I know about my role or the skills that I need in my role um, for marketing or engineering, like before I started, I think that's almost if uh, if not zero, like very close to it. So most of the stuff that I'm working with today are things that I've learned on the job. So I think that a lot of what I knew before was about how to learning how to learn, essentially, learning how to learn a new skill or learning about a new topic or something like that. So I guess to answer your question, no, I don't think it's necessary to have a background in both or even necessarily either one of these domains, um, but more of having like a growth mindset and wanting to learn new things and improve as, as you go along. What I'm learning with everyone that I meet in this role is that most people are Um, consider themselves a lifelong learner. So just constantly learning new information and growing as you go. Mm -hmm. That's great. Hopefully every role on the planet is similar to that. (laughs) People aren't stagnant forever, but that makes sense, especially in such a 
like broadly term role that you would need to be a lifelong learner every day, learning something new. In terms of the marketing aspect though, like you, you mentioned you essentially translate very technical information to make it more digestible for users. You chat with users when things go wrong or if things are going right and they just want to check in and make sure it's true that all is well. Would you say like the marketing piece has a lot to do with just like good communication? I assume too, in terms of making things more digestible, there's some creativity there as well. So is the marketing piece, because you're not finding potential customers, it's not on the sales side. Is it really mostly like creativity, graphics, communication, marketing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I would say that I spend a lot of time in PowerPoint, but I'm trying to use as few words as possible, right? Like making different graphics or I love making animations. Um, And I think that's really fun to kind of show maybe like different processes or flows, like how things work. Um, So that's definitely a lot of it. So it could be creating PowerPoints or just like writing a a blog or making a video, even presenting at uh, different conferences and things like this, just trying to make things as simple as possible and really boiling them down to the main point. So trying to get rid of all the maybe technical language and being able to describe things to anyone based on their level and kind of like matching them at where they're at. I love that you broke that down further friend, because I'm sure, you know, like a misconception of engineers or a lot of people say like, I don't want to go into engineering. I don't want to, I don't want to sit around all day and stare at a computer or, or I'm sure you've heard this too. I want to talk to people, which is so funny. I don't know who, what, when convinced people that engineers sit in a dark corner by themselves, maybe in a cave. I don't know, but of course, good engineers talk with other people, whether it's other engineers on their team it's probably also like designers or product managers or whoever. So this role seems like a clear indicator that you can be in a technical engineering role and also have like a creative side of your work day, as well as actually communicating with users. So I think it's a, a beautiful combination. Would you agree with that? Like this, this role sort of single-handedly debunks those myths Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I get to talk to a lot of people in a lot of different realms, not only at Cisco, but also outside of it on a daily basis. So it's really cool for me to kind of bridge the gap between whatever product I'm working on or technology or solution, and then being able to to talk to other people about it and to get their feedback on it or to give them feedback on what they're working on. So it's definitely cool. I think that a lot of my job is talking to other people. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that part. I'm glad I'm not stuck in a dark room. I know. Hood up. <laughs> Lights off. But at least you don't have to go through that story. I guess speaking on that, sort of like your role versus the outside world. I know you know what it looks like at Cisco, but what do you think it looks like at other companies? Do you think there's similar roles, either the same name or is it like disguised as something else? What, what are your thoughts on this? Does this role exist outside of Cisco? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I know that the role of TME exists. I think that means a lot of different things at a lot of different companies though. Um, But I also think that there are other roles that are more common than TME that have a lot of these uh, TME aspects or um, I guess I'll just give an example. So because I'm working on new products, a lot of times I get to have a little bit of a say or a little bit of input into how new features, for example, are created based on how maybe I see customers using it day to day. Um, So I think that that's 
kind of similar, not exactly the same, but kind of similar to a PM role or specifically a technical PM role. So having um, some input into the requirements that actually go into making a, a new feature or creating a new feature. And um, actually, Mariah, I would say that you're definitely a TME of Opal because you speak the, the lingo and you have the, the marketing. So you're actually able to describe, okay, what is it that we're doing, as well as having the, the engineering and being willing to get your hands dirty, right? You're in the code sometimes. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about the TME role at other companies. Okay. Well, first of all, Thank you. I had no idea I was a TME, but this is very exciting. <laughs> and that's good to know that this role with that title specifically exists at other companies because I had no idea of that either. So it's good. That is not a Cisco specific thing. Maybe more people are sort of like accepting this role or maybe it's been around for a long time. I don't know if you know the history exactly, but it's probably similar to any role at any company where it looks probably slightly different depending on the company. If the company's huge, it might look different between teams too. So that totally makes sense. Appreciate your thoughts on that friend. In hindsight story, what part of your path to you do you think was absolutely necessary in order to become a TME? What part do you look back and you're like, wow, thank goodness I did that because I use it nearly every day or it's just sort of like part of my career DNA, my work DNA, and it's been super helpful. I guess I'll sort of answer this at a higher level. So I think that to start with, um, something that was pretty vital or has been to me and my experiences is taking calculated risks, whether that's like related to tech or not related to tech. So I guess I'll give some examples of, of both. One is um, uh, trying to do as many internships or side projects as possible. So basically just getting exposure to what all is out there. What do I like? What do I not like? And having an idea of, okay, what's maybe not taught in the classroom, but some hands-on experience where I can actually see how things are working or maybe how I can be in a different role. Then I guess another example would be sort of like non-technical related was I had the opportunity to study abroad in school. And so that was definitely a situation where I was like constantly putting myself into places where I didn't feel super comfortable because I was in a country where I didn't speak the native language super well. I was learning it. So um, yeah, that was definitely a place where I got to to try things out to um, to be, I guess, like risking things, right? But all in a safe space <laughs> at the same time. Lifelong learner, lifelong learner. On this note too, Story, because you have a technical background, what convinced you to apply for this role with this title? Because this is what you saw first, right? You saw the title, maybe you read the description and you're like, oh, it's more technical than I think I, or maybe I, I can just learn the marketing things on the role. But I'm curious, did you have exposure to some sort of marketing or just the confidence that you could learn on the job? Like what made you apply? I was applying to roles quite frantically throughout my senior year of college. Same. I was <laughs> very nervous seeing a lot of friends around me. I know you've experienced this too, Mariah. Friends around me getting roles and waiting, <laughs> right? Waiting not so patiently in my case to also get some, some job or role. And so I would apply to tech companies, um, just sort of like at a, at a mass scale, right? And I got on some mailing list somehow uh, that invited me to apply for this role. And I was like, I don't know what the heck a technical marketing engineer is, but 
I had applied for a lot of software engineering roles and I was like, this is just really not working out for me. I don't know if that's what I actually want to do after all. So I was like, okay, I'll take a, I'll take a risk here. I'll apply to this job and, and see how it goes. Um, but going into even the interview process, I really did not know what a TME was. So I was looking at it as a learning experience because I was like, okay, I have practice, right? I can try out interviewing with people, talking to people and seeing what it's like. And I think because I took that pressure off of myself to get a job, I was much more myself, right? I was more relaxed in this interview process. And there are a lot of other people interviewing for the role at the same time. They actually hired us into a cohort. So there were seven that got selected from this larger group. And I could tell that the other people who are interviewing along with me, most of them were pretty nervous and anxious about this this role as well. So I think that being able to kind of let go of that anxiety was was really helpful for me. So it sounds like taking risks and willingness to learn sort of helped you before you applied during the application all, all the way up to the offer and and in your job today. Is this true? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the flip side, was there anything that I want to add a disclaimer here, actually, because it's really easy to look back in hindsight on things and be like, that sucked. I feel like I could have lived without that. But at the end of the day, you know, we got to go through these sucky things, too, to get to where we are. So this, I think, is a trickier question than than what what do you think was necessary? Was there anything that looking back caused unnecessary stress in your life, a.k.a. wasn't super helpful to your career growth and maybe did more more damage than good? I think there were a few things. Yes. Um, I guess I'll just focus on one primarily, though. I was already talking a little bit about my own mindset and putting a lot of pressure on myself to get a job, especially when I did not have a full time role in the fall of my senior year. You know, I was getting really down on myself and feeling a lot of imposter syndrome. So in hindsight, I guess I would look back on that time and hope that if I were to go through something similar again, that I wouldn't be as hard on myself um, to sort of have some grace (laughs) and to notice or recognize that it's okay that I don't have a role yet and I don't need to compare myself to everyone else and where they are in, in their journeys too. And this is all about navigating imposter syndrome, right? Because I was really negative had a lot of negative self-talk during this time because I thought that I wasn't good enough or I was questioning, okay, why did I even go down this path of studying computer engineering if I'm not going to get a job in the role that I think I should, right? And uh, I ended up getting a job in a role that I didn't even know existed. So (laughs) it's kind of interesting looking back on that time. I think that's a great point that you brought up of like that internal dialogue. If you're able to control it or sort of dismiss the unhelpful thoughts, that's ideal in any stressful situation, but especially when it comes to a job search, especially at a time in our lives, a very specific time in our lives when the people around us are getting hired. It's like people in your immediate network, you look left and right, are getting hired for jobs. Like there's really there's really no other time, I feel like, except for college at that age in particular, I guess, where that would happen, where you're you could mass compare yourself to everyone around you. So I appreciate your thoughts on that because I think when we look back and talk about the things that cause us unnecessary stress and share it with others, that's essentially what mentorship is, right? Like at the end of the day, like how can I help someone else not necessarily get to like a TME role faster, but be less stressed in the process, in the journey. Yeah. And another point on this too is um, I 
heard from a lot of people, either um, folks who already like had jobs or had just gotten an offer. A lot of folks were trying to reassure me and say, okay, yeah, like you'll get a job too. I believe in you. And it was so hard for me to believe those people when I didn't have a role. I think that I was, um, I don't know, maybe a little bit snooty, but I was thinking, okay, well, yeah, easy for you to say you have a job, right? (laughs) Um, So yeah, having, I guess, like just believing in those people too, those people who are trying to <laughs> to support me. I think that that would have uh, been better if I had been more open and receptive to those folks, <laughs> those cheerleaders along the way. Those people are easy to dismiss too. When things are looking bad, you're like, no, get this good thought out of my face. Like everything's <laughs> bad right now. But if you accept in good thoughts, it's, it's good to have good vibes around you during that time. We chatted a little bit early earlier about technical people viewing this role and maybe immediate thought would be, I'm, I don't know anything about marketing pass. So some people might look at this role and be like, no, this is not for me. What do you think is a misconception about this role that you want to clarify for people? And you can say a new one, or you can dive into the one we chat about earlier, which is essentially the marketing aspect of it from a technical person's perspective. Yeah. So I think that this is like a really interesting point that you may sort of like dismiss something by the name of it. It's kind of like what judging a book by its cover, something similar, right? I think that you don't really know what a role is like until you actually try it out because you can definitely hear about other people's perspectives or experiences who maybe do have the role, but it could be really unique or really different if you were to have the same exact role at the same company. And so um, for me, I had an interesting sort of start to this role. So I had the opportunity to go through a rotational program. And so basically over the course of the first year, I was working on three different teams. So a few months on one team, then I would switch, move to the next team and so on. And during this time, I kind of had like one foot in the door and one foot out at all times because I was thinking, okay, like maybe I'll be on this team, but also maybe I won't be on this team. (laughs) So I was very confused when I was first joining. Um, And I think I was a little bit reserved at sort of diving all in or being all in. And so if you're unsure about a role, I really recommend just going all in and trying to be in it because I think that you really get as much out of any position, whether it's a full-time job, uh, paid or unpaid internship, right? You get as much out of it as, as you put in. I feel like in college and especially if you're looking for a role and maybe struggling a little bit and you can't be so picky with, well, this just job description said this or that. If it looks like a pretty good option at a company you believe in that has a leadership team you like or whatever. I agree with you. It's good to just just give it a shot. Worst case, especially in this day and age, and I'm, I'm going to say this, I mean, you can hop around. Like it's, it's kind of a no shame thing. You can hop around to different companies, I think even faster than before. Before we started grad or before we graduated story, I think it was common for people our age even to work at a company for, you know, one to two years. And I honestly feel like that time has shrunk after we graduated, especially we graduated in 2020. So even post that time, it's like people are, are taste testing companies and moving on if it's not a good fit. So just, just try. You could also work at your dream company, dream role, and maybe you don't love your team, or maybe you find out that you don't love like the product you're working on, or maybe how, how things are working. So 
just try. So going off of that point, I think that the people are really important. The people that you surround yourself with, the people that could be on your team, or even the mentors um, that you find that can sort of pour into you and give you advice sort of as you're going along your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you made a point too, um, right, about just trying whether or not you feel like you fully fit the role. I think that when I first started applying to jobs, I would look at the job description and say, okay, do I fit all of these requirements? And if I did not, then I would pass, right? And I'd say, okay, I don't have all the skills, so I guess I'm not good enough for this role. But as I mentioned, I didn't have any background in marketing and applied for this technical marketing engineer role. And all is working out. Like I'm learning it on the job. She is okay, people. She survived. (laughs) Try. I made it. (laughs) That's a great point story. And I forgot who did the study, but women do that more than men too. So especially the women listening in, if you meet just a few of those bullet points, just try, just try, see what happens. What are you hoping for in the next step of your career? And I guess a different way to ask this question in particular, since we're focused on the TME role is where do TMEs go after their sort of like junior level TMEs? Do they just go into the void? Do they become (laughs) TME M's managers? What, what happens or what are you expecting next? So I guess I'll talk about what I've experienced other people doing and how they've sort of navigated this this role. So some folks, I guess I would say most that I know, um, sort of just move, move up in their position, right? They become an expert in maybe one domain and then they slowly become an expert in many <laughs> domains. So they're maybe like the go-to person for this, not only product, but maybe a whole line of products, something like that. So that's sort of growing and becoming either like a principal TME (laughs) um, or a leader, right? A technical leader. And another sort of option or path that I've seen people go down is to actually become a leader of others. So some people will be a TME and then as they grow in their career, they'll become a leader or a manager of other TMEs. A third path I guess I've seen too is some people sort of like toggle back and forth between TME and PM roles. Um, At least in where I'm sitting at Cisco, there's a lot of overlap and like working together between TMEs and PMs. And actually, since I've joined, there's been sort of a re-org. So when I first started, it was like all of the TMEs, no matter what products you're working on, you're all lumped together into one group. And now we've broken it down to say, okay, all of the people working on this certain product, all the PMs and TMEs are working together. And there's a different org somewhere else working on other products. And those TMEs and PMs are also on the same team. So those are the different paths, I guess, um, for me. I'm definitely motivated by helping other people or just being around other people and feeling or creating a sense of community. So I think that where I would like to see myself long-term is sort of in the second option that I've been describing, like a leader of TMEs. So working with and supporting a lot of TMEs in all different uh, roles. I guess a short step or shorter term goal to kind of get there is like I was mentioning at the beginning, becoming an expert in one or maybe like a few different domains, subject matters um, to become this. At least at Cisco, there's a lot of acronyms. So it's called SME, subject matter expert. (laughs) This is the goal. From TME to SME. How do you know you've reached the SME level story? This is probably like whatever your answer is, is probably applicable to many companies, but I know you're speaking on behalf of Cisco right now. Is it sort of like when you become the point 
person, like the first person people turn to about something, are you that SME or is there an actual sort of like title or certification attached to it? Nope. It's just the point person. So if other people go to you for something, then you're the SME. So sometimes when people ask me questions, I'm like, okay, am I becoming this? (laughs) Is this who I am now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was just thinking that like people probably accidentally become an SME in things if (laughs) they happen to be the most knowledgeable of something. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. To wrap things up, our always last question. Do you have any last words of wisdom for folks interested in TME roles? Yes, there are a lot of things that I would recommend if you're interested in the TME role. So first of all, um, if anyone out there listening is interested, feel free to chat with me or contact me because I would love to talk to you about what I do. But I guess I would go back to sort of this conversation about uh, self-talk and like judging yourself. So I would recommend to not judge yourself too harshly, especially as you're first uh, starting out your role. And I think that this is applicable to TME role, but also any other job that you have. Everyone is learning all the time. So I recommend that you don't be afraid to ask questions because a lot of times the person sitting next to you has the same exact question. And maybe it's just too afraid to ask. But I'm always very grateful when other people ask questions, right? That maybe I didn't even know that I had. Um, So I definitely recommend that to stay curious And we were also talking about just sort of going for things, trying things. So if there's something that you're interested in, might be the TME role, could be something completely different. Um, I recommend that you just go for it. So recently I watched a video um, and it's, it's imagining, okay, go with me now. You're going into an alternate universe, right? So basically in this life, every day you have $86,400 in your bank account. And no matter what you do throughout the day, at the very end of the day, you're gonna have $0 in your account. And the next morning you'll have the same money, the same uh, $86,400. So now come with me back (laughs) to this universe that we're living in and do a currency exchange. So change in the dollars for time. This is actually how many seconds that you have in a day. So sort of thinking about this as time as currency. How do you spend the the time in the day? (laughs) How do you make the most of it? How do you do something that counts for whatever that means to you? Just spending your time in a way that it's fulfilling to you and making every second count. Yeah, so I'll leave you with that. (laughs) You just blew my mind story. First of all, I feel like we ended this podcast with a meditation. That was so beautiful. Thank you again for joining us, friend. Great chatting with you as always. To anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us. As always at OPPO, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.